There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to the Fangirl Zone. I am Sean Fangirl S, and today we are talking Good Omens. So that means my co-host is the one, the only, Gomez Not Adam. Hello! Glad to be here. So, as we have started all of our Good Omens, what are you drinking today? I am drinking a margarita sour from Hardywood in Virginia, which is an Imperial Berliner Weisse Ale with salt and lime. Oh, I have Bee Nectar, which they did American Gods, if you remember. Yes. Bee Nectar Cider, The Dude's Rug, which is a hard cider with tea and chai spices. I have not tried this yet, so I will be drinking it first time on air. So this should be interesting. It smells really good. That that almost sounds like it should be like a a take on a uh, white Russian, though. Oh, really? It's pretty good, actually. If if it's The Dude's Rug. Yeah, it's like... Big Lebowski. (laughs) Okay. I didn't even think about that. I'm (laughs) full. I love chai, so that's why I wanted to get go. it. All right, so episode three, entitled Hard Times, we'll give our really long synopsis of a sentence and a half here. We follow Azarafel and Crawley's friendship across the ages. Meanwhile, in the present day, Agnes Nutter's descendant, Anathema Device, <laughs> arrives in Tadfield on her own mission to save the world. You're welcome. Yes, thank you. Because <laughs> you know I was going to mess it up. <laughs> so, watching this... I want a series of just this. Yes! I will tell you, like, we started watching this, and I'm like, did I skip the intro? Oh, maybe I did, because it was, what, 15 minutes? It, it was the longest cold open ever. And I loved it, because we got all of this backstory on them. But I honestly thought I had skipped the intro. I'm like, oh, crap, we're right in it. Okay. Way back in 4004 BC. As you see... Aziraphale putting in the last chunk for the wall surrounding the Garden of Eden. Yeah, no, no nobody's gone. Everybody's here. And God. <laughs> Where's the flaming sword I gave you? I must have misplaced it. I put it down here somewhere. <laughs> it's here. Right, right. Of course it is. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't just give it to the mortals. I loved how this whole opening was. It was great. With just those two. I, yeah, I can watch season two. They can have it and just have them throughout the, the year. Absolutely. I'm totally cool with that. But what we had. And, and, and I like how they made the different biblical references as well. Because you've got Noah in the Ark. Yeah, the unicorn's the getting away. Oh, it's gone. Crucifixion of Christ. You've got, I mean, and then they go to England and they're in the Globe Theater. It's, it's Which, good stuff. Again, another Doctor Who thing. Because. Tenants run. They were at the Globe Theater right. yep. with Hamlet, and I'm like, yes, and I loved it. And we get the Nazis for the one of the blitzes, and that oh. was hilarious. David Tennant hot footing it through the church, right? But oh crap, the one guy who was in it was in Doctor Who and Sherlock in that scene, wasn't it? Or am I wrong? I don't know who. Tall guy whose name escapes me. Oh my god, what is his name? 
think so. All right, fire up the Google machine, because you know that's what we got to do. When... Well, we also have the French Revolution. Oh, that was hilarious. He's Because he was peckish, he's going to get behead- beheaded. Now, why didn't he just save himself, is what I was wondering. Well, because... Mark Gatiss. Um... Who that, was that would be writer, a, by the a, way, for or showrunner for uh, Tenants Run, I believe. That would be a bad, That would be a misuse of a miracle. And he did get his hand slapped. He did say that. But I loved how we have Azarephal having to justify like Old Testament God when we go back with Noah. Yes, it's like, well, they did. They were naughty. Yes. Oh, did, we're just wiping off the locals. It's like, is that something that my side would do? Right. <laughs> he was crawly at this point. Yes. And I can't remember at what point he changes his name to Crowley, which I Not think- until the 20th century. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, oh, no, a little, little different. So let's see. what We had Noah, which I thought was hilarious. When he's, especially the unicorn part. Come on. Oh, oh, he's getting... Uh, well, you still got oh, you one. you still have one of them. So that, the crucifixion, well, what caused them to get all up in arms? So he wanted them to be kind to each other. Yep. Yep, well, that'll, uh, do, that'll it. do it. You see them hanging out in Rome, and oh yes, and I love off saying, "Wait, have you? Ne- you mean you never tried an oyster? Oh, let me. What's wrong you. with you, Matt? Uh, wait, and the hair—the way the hair kept changing. I'm like, okay, they're really playing up how everything changes. That they're just not static creatures because they have know, to blend in. Yes, but a lot of things. Which you're a writer. A lot of things when you you see immortal characters. Like, they get stuck in a certain kind of frame of mind. Like, they can't change, fill in the blank. Well, it, but here's the best part. Aziraphale runs about 100 years behind mortal fashion. Yes, he does. <laughs> but he always still looks in place. So, so 100 years from now, he'll be the one going, it's on fleek, and calling everybody bang. <laughs> and everybody will be looking like, what the hell is wrong with you? What is wrong with this guy? Yeah. Okay. Rome. Oh, and then when he was have, knight of yes, the round table. It, it, yes. Going, the go, black what knight. are you doing here? Well, I'm fermenting. Is that a kind of porridge? <laughs> oh, that was just so funny. And I don't know where the agreement comes in, if this is around the time or no, it was going back to. This is around the time that they say, you know, well, you know, we're going to cancel each other out anyway. The first time we hear about it is right. around Hamlet. Right, because it's like, well, we've been so. doing this for I don't know how long. All right, but, but Carly, but Carly brings up the idea earlier, right? And as they're going, we have that moment where they're in was it England or France, and they have the very tall hats and oh, England, very dapper. And Carly's like, I need assurances if this goes pear shaped. And I, poor Zerfel, he just really doesn't get it. I love pears. It's like, oh, really? And I didn't catch right away what was on the note. I didn't understand it when he was like, it's a suicide pill. No, I can't do this. It's like, okay. And then it's like, oh, after the, the scene that comes up, it's like, oh, okay. Everything kind of clicked and fell into place. Right. Because we're in the 60s? Because he looked very bebop-ish. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah yes, yes, yes. So after after the Nazis, yeah. Yeah. And he was going to steal something. And you have Aziraphale popping this car. And all of a sudden, he hands him a thermos, and he's like, be very careful, don't take the lid off. Right. And Crowley, yeah, he just looked so surprised. He's like, oh. You did this for me? Yeah, after they were not friends. I won't do this. It's like, fine, whatever, goodbye. They're little spats throughout the years. And this was the moment, watching it, I turned to my husband, I said, now I see where everybody's shipping them and why the bromance is there. You go too fast for me, Crowley. Exactly. And I was like... (laughs) 
Sometimes you go too fast. But did you also catch in the 60s that one of the people he was talking to about the heist was a witch finder? Was the witch finder? Yes, the lieutenant. I'm like, oh, is this where they got their yes their start? Because it took a second. I'm like, wait a second. He said Shadwell. Yes, he did. But yes, I'm like, okay, everybody's shipping. And I think, like, if they weren't before, that was the moment that put them over the top. Oh, absolutely. Because he looked so sad when he said that. Oh, that broke my heart. And then, of course, we get the actual, like, credit scenes. I'm like, oh, okay, now we're actually getting... Now we're actually going to start the episode. (laughs) Which I was surprised. It was fun and that was only 15 minutes <laughs> like, right absolutely I mean, like again they could have made this the entire episode right i, mean, I think right. we'll be fine with that like i said they can do a whole second season and that could be what it is and i'm okay absolutely anyway yes and then so then we actually get to the episode yes so would you like to jump us in sure so we meet up with anathema who is in tadsfield trying to figure out where the antichrist is yep she's working hard but she's also really upset because she doesn't have her book. Right. And she's breaking pottery left and right. I'm like, well, that just seems like a Legend of Zelda thing. Are you finding any coin? And she's not exactly the most modern dresser. You know what? I don't even think it was the clothes because you can be like, oh, she's like a hipster or something. She's from the Americas. She's a colonial. Which... Yeah, but still, I don't know anybody that dresses like that in their day to day. I'm sorry. Well, I don't know what they Nobody. all dress like all the time on the East or West Coast. I don't know. Yeah, sure. I'm jeans and t-shirt. That's how it is for me. But we have Adam actually show up. He's like, oh, you seem really upset. She's like, no. Yes. And it's like word vomit. Have you seen guys in an old car? Did they steal your book? You're getting this little kid who, unbeknownst to her, but knowns to us, has all these crazy powers. And he's the Antichrist. And I love it because she's like, oh, yeah, I'm not a witch. I'm an occultist. Oh, okay, that's fine. Completely different. Obviously. And when she invites him in, the dog sitting there, I'm like, does she not see the dog's eyes lighting up? Nope, she doesn't. And I didn't understand the whole thing with the horseshoe. I mean, I know it brings luck. and It was also warding against evil. But because Adam got the dog to cross the threshold, it just, like, knocked it out? Yeah, pretty much. Ah. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the dog, I mean, she doesn't notice the glowing eyes. She doesn't notice the fact that the horseshoe's glowing. She's a but, really bad, like, witch right now. Yeah, but she also oh, didn't have her glasses on. So, I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Oh, maybe she's really nearsighted. Could be. Yeah, because, you know, if I don't have them on, I can't see anything past about three inches from my nose. So Right, I, I understand. I get that. <laughs> But when she gets Adam inside and she's talking and about auras and she's like, oh, I can't see yours though. Oh, it's not a science. And then starts explaining about all the other craziness that she's learned. Yes. They won't tell you in schools because they're it's all conspiracies. I'm like, oh Tibetans my God. In, Tibetans in tunnels and the, the dangers of nuclear power and I was Leviathan coming from under the sea. Oh yeah, all that. Good stuff. UFOs. Here's some magazines if you want to read. It's like, why didn't you just give him a tinfoil hat while you're at it? Oh, because that would be too simple. Because he, he has to have the ideas, though. Because he has to make them real. It seemed so comical, but I love the way they played it. Absolutely. It's like, okay, we're just going to slide this in. Like, all of a sudden, your 11-year-old is going to be listening to the crazy woman over here who he's never met before. And, and he just, like, blindly goes into her house like, no, come on, guys, stranger danger. Right. <laughs> Apparently they didn't have that. 
And then we get to see when he's at home, his dad's like, yeah, 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 hush up. I'm like, oh, okay, so like every dad ever. Yes. Got it. And then as he's saying all these crazy theories, and he's like, I'm just going to go to bed. What does mom do? Do you think he's all right? It's that he's just spouting off kind of weird shit. I don't think he's like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, but... Well, we might want to have a talk with him. Yeah, yeah. Maybe don't just feel like it's just kids being kids. Absolutely. I don't think it's quite his normal kid imagination happening. Right. Absolutely. Yes. And then, and then we see the witch finders again. Which are hilarious because we get the breakdown. And yes. like you said previously, we get all of the names dis- that apparently he really did run out of ideas. I love that, that they say he's not very clever. This is Private Coffee Cat. Yeah. And Corporal Spoon. And other objects that I can see in front of me. Yeah, and then later when we see him, and Sergeant Pepper. Like, really? And the Lonely Hearts Club band? What? what are you going to throw that in? He was really bad at trying to figure out any kind of names. I mean, mm-hmm. Smith, Jones, these are like super generic. Come on. I don't think anybody's checking up on you, obviously. Clearly not. And then he is clearly not on his A-game as he talks to Crawley. Correct. Oh, you're looking well. You look just like your father. What? What? How? Are you drunk? Maybe a little. Yeah. And, I mean, as Carly's sitting there reading the Infernal Times. Right. <laughs> you are the worst witch finder ever. <laughs> I mean, he's not, he's not exactly being inconspicuous about it. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Clean living. Yeah. Does it. Oh, do I look like my father? I've heard that before. What? Again. What? Okay. That took everything in me not to be like, I want to reach through my TV and slap him right now. Because Shadwell, you suck. He really does. He's really bad at this job. And <laughs> uh, still calling his neighbor and I'm assuming landlady. Jezebel. Uh, harlots and Jezebel. Love it. I will get us a liver. I would rather sup with the devil. <laughs> well, weren't you earlier? Kind of, sort of? Just a little bit. Yeah. Well, no, he, they weren't actually sharing a meal together. That's so true. it doesn't count, I guess. Can you give me the plates from last week then? It's like, <laughs> sucker. She called you out. Yep. But... Fine. Importantly, this is when we get to see that not just Crowley has him on his payroll, but Aziraphale does as well. And Aziraphale just seems genuinely, like, caring because he seems so naive, especially when, was it Sergeant Milkjug or whatever had died? And I I sent flowers. Ugh, he's taking you. He's like, yes, and the family really appreciated the extra 20 pounds. Yep. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out. And... Aziraphale think believes the best of everybody. Uh, you think by now he'd be like no. <laughs> so then we also get Anathema trying to see Adam's aura, which she couldn't, and completely failing to. Yeah, but not understanding because it's the size of England, which was crazy when they pull back and they say this is why she couldn't see it. It's like oh, and I think she started to get a little suspicious because she's out in town and seeing everybody's auras without a problem. Right. Yep. It's, it's like, not me. Oh, okay. This kid doesn't have an aura. This is weird. And of What's course, we have the local neighborhood watch guy. Yes. I love it. She, obviously, like her parents did not teach her. Okay, listen, you're going to be doing this, but you got to be cool. All right. Yeah, no, she's not. She, she's the opposite of cool with this. No. Did you notice the beast come here? If you want to start smoking those, and I can't even remember what he said, I wanted to go back and write it down because all he did was laugh through the whole thing. 
Basically, you're high. Yeah. You are so high. Go back where you came from. Yeah, I can't remember, but I'm like, what? This was just random and funny. And how did that old man keep a straight face saying all of it? Acting. Yeah, I believe it's called acting. How many times did he have to do it? Especially, Not, like, no. <laughs> randomly throwing out some of those phrases he was using. Those fat jingle. I don't know. I don't even know what it was. The, it like, really doesn't matter. Jiggy pops or some shit. Yeah. I don't know. He didn't know either. I, that, that's why that, I think that's... he just made it up on the fly. Like, yeah. even if he forgot what he was supposed to say, they were probably like, hey, that sounds good. Let's use it. And we're rolling with it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. I lost where we were. Oh, we have the descendant of the actual thou shalt not oh, commit adultery. Commit adultery. Yes. Who is finding real evidence that apparently Shadwell, like, never bothered to look at. Absolutely. But he's like, eh, what? Whatever. We don't need to go there until he's like, I'll pay for my own petrol. It's like, uh oh. Oh, in that case. Yes. Does it happen to be in Tadfield? And how is the weather perfectly normal all the time? And when he said that, like, it took me a second to realize what he was talking about. Oh, it always snows on Christmas Eve. It's the long, hot August. It's the perfect spring. It's, always, like, it's always perfect apple picking weather. Right. It's like, wait a second. Yeah, that's not normal. Especially with it's, all the insanity with the weather and changes. You would think it, something would be weird. It's, and it's always it's always the ideal weather for that time of year. I mean, you, it always snows on Christmas Eve. There's always, it's always a long, hot August. It's always perfect apple picking weather. It's always, I mean, if there's a thunderstorm, it happens at night. I mean, all that stuff, right? Right, like the leaves are changing perfectly. You know, the first day of of fall. It's like this is weird for the last eleven years. So he obviously is more astute than Shadwell. Yes, or Crowley and uh, Aziraphale, for that matter, because they actually put together the pieces here. Yes, much quicker than everybody else. Absolutely. I was just like, okay, we're finally going to get everybody to Tadfield, right? Well, maybe, maybe not, because there might be some more intervention, because Aziraphale was so sure that he can go talk to the head office. Yeah, that didn't work out well, did it? No. And you see, like, right away, I hate Michael Hamm's character. Or wait, yeah, that's John John Hamm. John Hamm. Yep. Michael Sheen. You're supposed John to. Hamm. He's such a douche. And the ones that were with him, because Aziraphale is trying to tell them without telling them what the situation is. And they're, whatever. No, we have information. No, we're having the war. It's like, that's all they're looking at. And I know Aziraphale wants to skirt around it, but he thinks that the plan is flawed. He also thinks it's slightly, what, what was he saying earlier? Ineff- ineffable? Ineffable. 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 But if the plan is ineffable, but do they really know what the plan is? They think they know what the plan is, but do they actually know what the plan is? That's the that, that's the that's the conundrum here, right? Because just because you think you know what the plan, I mean, heaven thinks they know what the plan is. War, end of the world, great. So we'll finally win. But the question remains: How do they know that, that that's the plan? Did the voice of God actually tell them, "Hey, by the way, guys, we're going to have a war now"? Or are they just making an assumption that that's what's going to happen? Because that was what was supposed to happen. So, Or so they say. Right. Because at no point do we, does God ever come down and say, hey, we're supposed to have a war right now. He never did. Or she, she, she never, never did. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just not digging the one dude. And I didn't catch the angel's name. He's like, I don't trust him. It's like, what? We're going to fight. He's doing nothing but good stuff. And you're being a douche. And do you suddenly have gold teeth? 
I'm like, yes. what is happening? But, I mean, that's the other thing, is that Aziraphale thinks the good thing is the preservation of the world, whereas the other angels think the good thing is the destruction of the world. Yeah. So that's why the angels don't trust him, because they think he's not with the plan. It makes me sad. It does make mm-hmm. me sad. So let's rewind a little bit, because I almost missed the second horseman. Famine! Yes. As he was sitting in the restaurant in the beginning, when he's like, I've never seen so many rich people so hungry and eating so little. Watching that, it just made me angry because I know there's restaurants that, like, do that weird shit. It's Mm -hmm. like, here's lavender air at your first course. Right. Excuse me? How much is this non-food costing me? About $20,000 plate. Right? And then, of course, there was non-food happening later called chow. Yeah, they go they go to the diner and it's all the everything that it, it's it looks like food, but there's no nutritional content at all. But it has zero nutritional content, so you actually starve yourself. Which, funny enough, my husband says, "Oh, so like all fast food? Okay, no t- nutritional content." Like, uh. well, I mean, you had um, and I, actually, there was something recently in the news where a teenager went completely blind permanently because all he ate was white bread, Pringles, and French fries. And and he kept on they kept on taking him to the doctor because he wasn't he felt weak and everything else. Well, his weight's fine. He's not anorexic, but he wasn't getting enough of the necessary minerals and vitamins and everything else to keep the body functioning. Yeah. So he ended up suffering from some rare uh, eye degeneration disease that attacks the optic nerve that and now is permanently blind. So moral of the day: eat your fruits and vegetables. And <laughs> don't live off of French fries and Pringles. Yeah. Oh my God. First. How do the parents not go, you know what? You need to at least slap some peanut butter on there. I don't know. Anyway, in part of it was a kid. I read a little bit of it. The individual in question had a hard time dealing with a lot of the textures of foods. Oh, okay. And that was part of it. But yeah, we just. But those three things don't have the same texture either. They don't. But again, it's just like, ugh. That's that's crazy though. But yeah, I understand my friend's kid. Same thing, texture thing. Like yeah, so, ease them into foods, certain food. But, but that I mean, do you want to go blind? Do you want to go blind? Have, no, have great. Yogurt. Have a vitamin. <laughs> All yeah. right, kids. Moral anyway. of the story: Maybe drink some V eight. I don't know if you're not going to eat something. Something. Got to do something. Anyway. As I sit here and have another drink of my the dude's rug. There you go. Anyway. So, no, I mean, I really enjoyed this episode. I, I think the the high point was that opening. I love that. For me. I mean, it, it does not get much better than that, with the possible exception of Crowley and Aziraphale arguing in the park. Oh, my gosh. I was just going to say that. I'm like, that was high point, the opening and everything that happened. But, like, before the, the crash. Yes. When they're in a gazebo and it's so beautiful and, like, everything that's happening. We're not friends. You're a demon. I'm an angel. It's like, yeah, okay, we've been through too much shit. We can just go somewhere together. It's like, what? What? Us? Together? In the universe somewhere? And I was, of course, like, oh. (laughs) And my husband was like, did he just, wait, that kind of sounds like, I'm like, let's go back to the car. I mean, he wasn't down on bended knee. But. I mean, they've been each other's lives for, what, 6,000 years? Yep. Yeah. And maybe that's what the plan is. Maybe that's what's ineffable. Well, but also the fact that you figure that you have this angel and this demon who've been on Earth for that period of time. They have more in common with each other than they do with their respective offices. Yes. And it's quite obvious. 
Yeah, absolutely. Apparently to everybody except the Xerophel. At least Crowley. now. Really? Because I think Crowley still believes. Now, I don't know. We'll find out next episode, of course. But I believe Crowley still thinks, you know what? I think we can get through this and we can still do this together. Possibly. I know. You probably want to say something and you're being good. I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to. I'll be good. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. So, yeah, then we got Adam reading all the magazines that Anathema handed. Yes. Nuclear power? No thanks. Right. Yeah, it's just horrible. And I love it because he thought it was bad because he didn't get to see bubbling and oozing when he was at the power plant or anybody in, like, spacesuit. Right. So what does he do as he drifts off to sleep thinking about it and with his candy? He dreams of no more, no more nuclear power. But there's still power happening. Yes. And what's down in there as they look? They're like, well, that's odd. A lemon drop. Yes. Because, like, Sherbert Lemon, I, of course, just thought Harry Potter. But I'm like, those look like lemon drops. I'm like, oh, that's what they call them. Okay. But watching this, I'm like, all right, well, he didn't do something bad, per se. He didn't blow them up. Right. It just disappeared, but there's still power. Right. There's no input, but there's still plenty of output. It's like, huh. How did that happen? Right. So I'm kind of feeling like, are the powers that be on both sides going to go, wait, that's not evil, or that's not a miracle? What? Uh, where does this kid falling? Uh, uh, I don't know. And what? all I could think of in that moment were famine scales that he mm-hmm. had, where I'm like, oh, I like the scales of justice. Where is he falling? And good omen flashback. It's like, oh, where's your soul going to fall on there? And right now he's American just firmly in the middle. He's an 11 year old kid, right? Which I think it should be interesting how they proceed. Because some of the pictures that I've seen, because again, I am holding off and this is really hard. It looks like there's big craziness happening all around him, but he's just sitting there like, meh, I'm a kid. What? Exactly. I didn't want there to be any more nuclear power. Come on. Uh, What's wrong with that? Well, um, there won't be but, another Chernobyl that way. Exactly. But I mean, it does lead to that question of like, okay, so if this is where he starts. This is where Adam starts. Where is where is he going to end, right? Right, because what he's doing... Uh, so what, el- yeah, what, what right other things is he going to get up to? And the depends answer, on and who is whispering in his ear. And, and how he decides to interpret certain things, right? Or if he thinks that... If things are being taken away from him, how will he react? If if somebody catches on to this is what he's doing and tries to stop him, what will he do? I mean, if he can make all the nuclear fuel just vanish by dreaming about it, what else can he do? Can he possibly... Get rid of world hunger. Yeah, what would famine do suddenly? What, what what could he do if he's awake? And he realizes, oh gosh, these questions. And there's only three more episodes for us to explore these. Oh my gosh. So anyway. Yeah. So this was amazing. I loved it, which I think Absolutely. you guys are hearing every episode from me. But- I think this was this might have actually been my favorite episode. Especially with that open. Yes, that was a great opening, and I want more, but... Anyway. All right. So, yes, we like it. We hope you guys like it. Why don't you let us know what you think at contactus at fangirlzone.com. You can check out the website, www.fangirlzone.com. See all the fun stuff over there. And, of course, our contact page, which you can find how to contact us other ways, Twitter and Facebook and blah, 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 blah. Because there's everything. And finally, which you may or may not know, but in case you started in the middle, Gomez, why don't you tell them where they can find you? Sure. Broadswordsandblasters.com is the best place to find me. 
Swords and Blast on Twitter. You can also find me on Facebook. You can find my personal p- Twitter page at mxgomez 78 Yeah, that's pretty much it, what we got going. Uh, we've got a new issue coming out in on October 15th. It'll be issue number 11, which means that we have 10 other issues that you can go and explore and check out, which are wonderful. And then we're doing a open, we're doing an open call for submissions starting October 1st and running to October 31st. Ooh, through Halloween. Which, which would be craziness for us, but better than trying to do it in November. What? Because we did that holidays? before and it was terrible. <laughs> oh my god. And a little side note, Gomez and I were talking off air. I just seen something posted about David Tennant's panel from Dragon Con. And how he mentioned something happened on the set, and maybe he should have just married Michael Sheen. So, I'm going to see if I can find that and put that up at on the Facebook page, at least. Of we all Tenet. want to know. Yes, but otherwise, search out David Tennant Dragon Con panel. I'm sure you can find it if I don't have it up, because I want to know what he's talking about. And I really wish I was down in Atlanta this year. There you go. All right, for this episode of Good Omens. I am Sean Fangirlass. And I am Gomez Not Adams. And until next time. Ciao!